You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Today was supposed to be the mailbag episode. We do have a couple of questions that probably will end up taking up the entire podcast today because of some of the breaking news around the NFL pertaining to Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the league claiming racial discrimination. We'll take you through a little bit of that lawsuit and uh, some of the the key points in this thing. And man, Matt, I got to say, by the way, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you on the (laughs) the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. The NFL never sleeps at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. We'll filter in some more questions throughout the week here. There's no games this weekend, so we have an extra episode and some extra time as we gear up for Super Bowl 56 to, to dive into some other questions as well here. But Matt, there is no better reality show than the NFL. The National Football League provides things that you never expect. You wake up one day and then it's like, oh my gosh, another fire has been set. And this time it's from Brian Flores. And there is some nuggets in here that are just like uh, unbelievable. Sometimes you just can't believe it, even though you kind of know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a bomb drop. I mean, first of all, I want to commend Coach Flores. I mean, from there's a lot of courage involved here, and he's risking, you know, future employment and you know just standing up for his rights and the rights of others. I think is highly, highly respectable. But let's get into it. I mean, what, what exactly is he claiming or filing? Right. So, and and I agree with you. And he he said that recently. I think he was on. He had a quote yesterday, and he was on another radio show this morning, and he basically said, "Look, I know this makes it." more difficult for me to get a job but if I never coach in the NFL again I feel good about this because this needs to be said this needs to be out there and if I if if it affects change but I don't work again then it's worth it and so um, you've got to commend Brian Flores for coming out with this and uh, potentially up to 40 other coaches could jump into this class act class action suit Uh, and um, so if uh, what We'll break it down simply. So basically, former Dolphins head coach, who's still in the interview process with some organizations and, and still has potentially an opportunity to get a head coaching job this uh, hiring cycle, Brian Flores suing the NFL and the New York Giants specifically because that's where he has more information and more evidence, alleging racism in their hiring process. Flores has texts from Bill Belichick congratulating him for getting the job, but Flores had yet to interview when he got the congratulations from Bill Belichick. The The text was meant for Brian Dable, uh, who actually ended up getting that job. So different Brian altogether. That, uh, th- and this was an amazing part of it. Here's what uh, – I'll read the text. Can I stop you there yeah, just sure. for one second? I yes. have to make a quick little snicker here because I don't know if you saw one of the Patriot documentaries. It was maybe four or five years ago. And all it, it, was, it focused on Belichick a lot. And – they spent a big portion of it with him talking about how he couldn't change the clock in his SUV. You know, like he could figure out opposing <laughs> offenses and develop quarterbacks. And he's sitting there at his desk like, that damn SUV, I can't figure out how to change the clock for daylight savings time. Uh, and and all I could think about when I saw the, t- the text to the wrong guy was like, my 73-year-old dad that texts me instead of my sister by accident. Right. Like, come on. You yep. know, it's th- like the, the teenager. Use the technology. <laughs> the teenager that texts his mom instead of his friends where he's like talking about going and buying a uh, – going to smoking a doobie or something. And he's like, okay, and he's right, like right. oh, shoot, I sent Whoops. that to my mom instead. What, my question is – Do you so- watch Succession, by the way? 
I do actually. Well, I, I haven't watched the latest season, but I, I did watch the first oh, couple okay. of seasons. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into it, but Roman sends something to the wrong person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to do. It is very easy to do, sure. even if you're good with technology. But for someone who's in there, what, uh, Belichick, is he 70 yet? 69, 70? Something like that. Uh, I mean, yeah. He's been around well before cell phones. Right, exactly. So uh, that when the f- the phone rings on his desk, it's probably uh, uh, more up his alley than, than sending texts. Right, it might be a rotary phone. this day and age, you have to. Right. And, and there's looks like he texts quite often. So... <laughs> My question with this, which is funny, is did Belichick just have the wrong Brian in his phone or did he get the wrong Brian information from the Giants and the Bills? Like, did someone say, hey, yeah, we're going to hire he, I think he starts to do text Brian and Flores is right next to Dayball and he just hits the wrong and one. And he hit the wrong one because I would assume he would have texted Brian Flores a lot more than Brian Dayball because he worked on a staff with him. So that one Maybe. seems like I, I don't know. I, I mean, wonder sure he knows everybody. I wonder if. He just got a, a text and he took it wrong. Like, let's say he, his, Brian, he, someone right. he knows with the Giants is like, hey, we're going to hire Brian. And he's like, oh, cool. We're going to hire Brian Flores. That's awesome. And then after sending those texts and he hears from Brian Flores, who said, okay, well, let me go through the text here. So the, te- the texts right. go like this um, Bill Belichick says, congrats. Part and, of me thought that was like Photoshopped or made up. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he says, congrats. And Flores is like, did you hear something I didn't? And Belichick says, Giants, question mark, exclamation. And Flores' response to that is, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. And Belichick says, oh, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are their guy. I hope it works out if you want it to. And Flores responds, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. And then he said, then he came right back after that. Uh, coach, talking to Belichick, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. And then Belichick says, sorry, I effed this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. And Flores says, thanks, Bill. So I wonder if... Things. like, things. Is it possible <laughs> you think that... think after he screwed up, he might have picked up the phone and been like, Hey Flores, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you and, know, then, opposed, and he might have, know. and he might have explained it. But what? Right. <laughs> first of all, as far as the lawsuit goes, and and you could see where Flores would be pretty pissed off that they've already decided to go with the guy, and you're still going to have the interview, even though that decision has already been made. And that's where the lawsuit comes in, and the the sham of some of these head coaching interviews. But I wonder if if it so is it just the old person messed up the text and sent the text to the wrong person did he think he was actually That's texting Dable or did the giants say we're hiring Brian and didn't specify and 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 Bill took that wrong so i wonder which way that went i guess went. it could be either yeah. but either way it still doesn't change the fact that they had decided on who they were going to hire before they even interviewed Brian Flores. And, and that's the basis of this whole thing. And look, mm-hmm. what's interesting is when this all came down Wednesday, the same exact thing is happening right now with the, the Minnesota Vikings, right? Because exactly. D'Amico Ryan's. I, I got one more thing okay, to ahead. throw out there that I find funny that I was hoping how much better would it be if that text message that you sent, like every Belichick sentence that he writes or text that he sends had like birthday cake emoji, champagne emoji, <laughs> yeah, if, you know, like high five emoji, you know. <laughs> if Belichick was like a big emoji guy, that would be surprising. Right, right, right. That would be, be hilarious. Hearts, Zero, you know. Zero emojis. Uh, lots of uh, 
Because some people text and they don't use punctuations. Bill checks a punctuation guy too, so I like that. Yeah, I'm a punctuation <laughs> guy too. I think that goes a long way. It does. It helps. Throw a comma in there because that could really change a sentence. Uh, you <laughs> know, time. a period or an exclamation can really uh, tell the story there. Capitalize the right time. You know, and and so then you you wonder does does because I don't know what. The, I guess, yeah, you know, because I didn't think about it. Brian Dable did work for Belichick way back in the day. He started his and NFL he was career. At, he was at Bama with Saban, too. Yeah, so they yeah. all know each other. So, you know, yeah, right. I'm sure he's texted with him. But it's funny because these are real people that text like you and I. And that was the the, the thing that was funny to me. It was like, oh, Giants, exclamation, question mark, exclamation, question mark. It's like he's excited. It's like, oh, Giants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he like, was texting. Hey, congratulations the on, the new, on the new job, yeah. Brian. What are we talking about, Williamson? Oh, that, I meant Brian Jones. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, you're not. Yeah, you didn't get that yeah. new podcast gig. <laughs> um, anyway, right. back to Minnesota, though. Yeah, so this is so it's crazy. So D'Amico Ryan's dropped out of the Minnesota job, and he was going to have right. his second interview. And I wonder if he dropped out because you know he knew that Harbaugh was going to get this job, and he didn't want to go for a sham interview. And as soon as that was announced, that Harbaugh was going to interview today, Wednesday, and D'Amico Ryans dropped out, the Minnesota Vikings instantly announced they were going to interview Patrick Graham from the New York Giants to satisfy the Rooney rule. But it was, right. you know, it was the same type of situation. As they already know they're going to hire Jim oh. Harbaugh, and so they're they throwing they the want. interview in, and it's kind of the, the Rooney rule's kind of there to get those interviews in, so the team has to because it's the rule, you're not supposed to decide on who you're going to have as your coach until you do all the interviews at the very least, even if you're, you're only hiring or you're only interviewing people because of the, the rules. So it's uh, it, the, the whole situation screwed up. And, and obviously the league's going to have to look at the ring rule and again, adjust it as they already have and try to figure out how to make it right. Because the sham interviews are clearly not what the, the, the purpose of this whole thing is. Right. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to, having the Rooney rule present opportunities yes. for others. It it just seems like a hurdle that the teams are jumping over to get to where they want, you know, right. Like, right. Well, we got to check this box off first. Hold right. On, like they know? make two lists. They're like, okay, who are the candidates we want to interview? And then do we have so we to have add to a second a list of candidates we have to interview? Exactly. Right. And let's get those out of the way. So then we can, right. you know, we'll knock it out. And I mean, I'm not making light of it. I mean, Graham or Ryan's, that is good experience. I don't think they just bring them in, take them to McDonald's, kick them out the door. I mean, I'm sure they spend the day interviewing and yeah, whatnot. And the the I mean, Patrick Graham interview supposedly lasted like eight hours, nine hours, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what they are. I mean, uh, and I don't know if this is how it went way back when, but everyone in the world thought the Steelers' job after Cower was going to be either Russ Grimm or Ken Wisenhunt, and they brought in Tomlin and were blown away by him. So, I mean, there's a chance that Patrick Graham could have been so impressive that he makes you rethink things. But it really just seems like what we're talking about is uh, we got to check this box off first before we hire the white guy we like. You know, which <laughs> right. Is, stinks. You know, right. Exactly. All right. So there's there's a lot more to this. This gets more interesting. And I think the the funniest part of it all, because some of this is serious and and really needs to look in, look into. But um, the, the Miami Dolphins portion of this is just you shake your head and you, you, you're like, man, this really happens in the NFL. It's pretty unbelievable. We'll get to that next. And a really good question about. A different alternate career that Tom Brady could have had in the NFL coming up. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, 
player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. I mean, BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the, the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Matt, how about this portion of the lawsuit? And the lawsuit's big and long and a lot of legalese in there. And uh, I do have some other notes from a, a lawyer that sort of broke it down into layman's terms for, for some of the, you know, the scope of this whole lawsuit. But one of the parts that stands out that's pretty unbelievable is how Flores' tenure in Miami went. And it was pretty surprising. We were both shocked when Flores got fired because we thought he was doing a darn good job with what he was given and winning games. And it turns out maybe that's partially why he got fired. He won too much. Is it the first time that's ever happened in NFL (laughs) history? So defend it. They ended up with Tua when they wanted Tua, but they should have gotten Burrow. So Flores was fired by the Dolphins. This is from the lawsuit. Word for word. After leading the team to its first back-to-back winning season since 2003, the purported basis for his termination was, was alleged poor collaboration, which is the story we heard. Like, you know, who, who liked to, which quarterback, whatever. In reality, the writing had been on the wall since Mr. Flores' first season as head coach of the Dolphins when he refused his owner's directive to, quote, tank for the first pick in the draft. Indeed, during the 2019 season, Miami's owner, Stephen Ross, told Mr. Flores that he would pay him $100,000 for every loss, and the team's general manager, Chris Greer, told Mr. Flores that Steve was, quote, mad that Mr. Flores' success in winning games that year was compromising the team's draft position. Matt, what are your thoughts on an owner telling his coach, to tank and even going as far as to try to pay him a hundred K for every loss. I have massive problems with that. And first of all, let's rewind and see where the dolphins were at that point. I mean, that was the tank for Tua time, you know, no, no yes. one even knew who Joe Burrow was when this all started, you know, Tua looked like the quarterback that everybody wanted before the season started and before Burrow emerged. And, Herbert was also in that class too, but wasn't as thought of as highly supposedly. Great. Okay. So I don't have a problem with teams. On our dynasty podcast, we call it the productive struggle. You know, we we trade our old guys and for draft picks and try to build a dynasty that way. Yep. There's also not real human beings involved. You you move away anything of value and you try to clear up your salary cap and you try to add as many draft picks as possible. You know, it's not going to lead to wins, but eventually it's making your franchise better but it's a it's not like directing your players that you do have to lose it's just that you're building things and and clearing the slate and starting from zero with a good cap situation as much draft capital as possible to start over right i mean so they traded tunsil and minka and all their good guys basically yeah and the the browns did the same thing a couple years ago that part of the tank i have no problem with i don't either i don't think it works to be honest with you but that's a totally different story if that's the approach you want to do good luck i mean that's fine but by no means can you tell a coach or player not to give it their all on game day you you know or to go into a, a contest and not try to win i mean 
that's against all the integrity of sports. It's the anti, yeah, and and at some point, and I don't even, is there, there has to be a rule against it, right? Because that that would seem like something that the league could levy some sort of penalty on the Dolphins for. But they, it, and if not, I mean, then maybe the league's going to have to have a new Jackson rule there. Sox. Like, I, I would, yeah, I would assume that. And it wasn't for like because the Black Sox were like they were betting on the game, and it was the players that were in on it. Kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a dicey situation. There's got to be some something that's illegal about that too, aside from just looking really bad and being like borderline hilarious in a way that you can't believe this is really happening. This would you would you would laugh it off if this was uh, an episode of whatever show ballers or you know some movie or right, like, yeah, right, right, they're right. not gonna pay the coach to lose maybe if they're trying to take it's like wow if, if that's Major true league, unbelievable you know, right. right and it can be pretty lucrative though i mean it's 16 game season now well, 17 look, like games williamson and... we, we're in the wrong business man we could have made 100k right. for every loss you and i could win if we could could lose a few games in the nfl right and we've oh, talked I could about lose tons <laughs> We've talked about some of these GMs and, and like, man, I could at least I could be the worst GM in the league if you want to pay me for it. I guess I could be the worst head coach in the league, too, if you want to pay me for that. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, all this stuff that's come out in what the last 24 hours, it's really bothersome. And I guess Hugh Jackson has come out and said Brown's ownership you know, was going to pay me for losses, doing the exact same approach. And they're tanking. And by no means am I brushing off the problem of not enough minority coaches in the league, because obviously there are far too few of those. I mean, I'm not just dancing around that subject. I mean, there's a problem in the league and, um, but there's a real problem too, is if teams are intentionally losing on game day, not how they're built. I mean, tanking to me is a front office thing. It's not a coaching player thing. I want to just go through the actual, long list of discriminatory practices that is being alleged in this lawsuit and it's pretty extensive and it was broken down by drew davenport who's a lawyer who mm, okay. helped make sense of some of this so stop me if you want to i just want to read through some of this because it's pretty long so the list of discriminatory practices is long and pretty inclusive it includes the john gruden emails colin kaepernick blackball reggie mckenzie's firing and move to mike mayock and gruden uh, the NFL pandering to social justice during the pandemic and protests, but not being serious about it. Um, the Giants never having never had a black head coach in its 100 year history. And, and the Giants are a big part of this whole thing, obviously, because mm. of the, you know, interviewing someone after he they had already the job, decided. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, how the Lions hired Steve Mariucci. And I don't really remember how that went down. But um, the treatment of Jim Caldwell after his success with two different teams, the firing of David Coley, the lack of opportunities for up and coming coaches, coaching stars like Chris Richard, Terrell Austin, Eric Bieniemy, uh, And the final one on the list is particularly insidious. The suit refers to the use of race norms by the NFL. Um, mm. Basically, it is. The, the practice of assuming black people have, quote, worse cognitive functioning as a baseline than white people. This impacted recovery during the concussion lawsuit settlement as to Flores himself. Uh, this again, this is from Drew Davenport. He's got a long, 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 long Twitter thread, uh, you know, 30 plus tweets about this and, and breaking down this whole lawsuit. Uh, but I'll, I'll end with this. Um, Flores 
the suit lists two main arguments for why race-based discrimination is virulent in the NFL. First, he lists his, quote, humiliating experience of being given a sham interview by the Denver Broncos. He describes showing up to the interview and Elway and CEO Ellis were an hour late and also appeared to be drunk, potentially, <laughs> according to the suit, to have been out drinking heavily the night before. Um, Flores says it was clear from the substance of the interview that he was not a serious candidate with respect to the Giants position. The most damning allegation in the suit is based on the text messages from Bill Belichick. Um, and yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. So so the two big ones for him, plus the you know, the the tank, the directive to tank from the Dolphins, that's huge. And then mm-hmm. as far as the discrimination and, and the sham interviews, it was uh, potentially drunk CEO and GM showing up an hour late with the Broncos and the Giants already deciding on the white candidate before they gave Brian Flores his interview. Wow. I mean, so much there to unpack. And I will say from personal experience and second and third hand information, I didn't deal with it, you know, but uh, you've heard many people that have been in the league a long time that'll say things like this league's more, old school I'll say is a nice way of putting it than people realize and you know the hirings and firings and all the stereotypes mm. are worse than people think they and hide the, it very very well and that like know, the, it is you have to kind of point to teams like the the New York Giants and it goes up to the top we're talking about ownership more so even than because like, Chris Greer is a minority GM who fired Brian Flores right so in, in the actual coaching and front offices it's a lot more diverse but when you go up the tree to ownership and that's where it all has to start and going back to the Kaepernick stuff and and, you know it it all has to come down from ownership so when you start holding people accountable it has to start there as well the whole league is is run by the owners that's Uh, when you say the league you're talking about the owners that's what the league about the you're talking about 32 organizations or individuals or families or whatever I mean they hire Goodell, I mean, they, they have all the power. I mean, these athletes and even coaches have short lifespans where families have generational wealth and, you know, people need to look at the, each one of these organizations like they're Apple and IBM and, you know, Amazon, like they're huge individual corporations. Frankly, I just mentioned succession. I mean, it's like they're the, the Roy families, you know, they can <laughs> yes. do whatever they want in a way. And, they're all old white guys, you know, the, the old, really stinking, wealthy, rich white guys mm-hmm. that are, I'm not excusing it, but from a different generation, but simply should know better. And I'm sure that they have pre- preconceived notions that are flat out unfair. Absolutely. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, Brian Flores, uh, I do have to commend him on the guts to throw this out there while he's still a candidate for other jobs. We'll see if he gets some of those jobs. And this is definitely not over. And it's a story that's going to continue on for a while. And I'm sure we'll uh, end up in some altered rules in another amendment to the Rooney rule, which which definitely has some looking into and needs to be sure. uh, fixed and that's figured too out. Easy. And, yeah, updated. Yeah. Uh, lastly, it'll really bother me if Flores is not coaching in the NFL again or at a big time call, you know, right. LSU's head coach. And the other, I mean, he's yeah. a very good head coach. Right. And he won with the Dolphins, who were not in a good situation. And when you look at the stuff that he had to deal with there, if that's true, I mean, give me a break. Like, you almost are, you almost are happy for him that he got fired there if you can get in a better situation to get a job somewhere else, right? 
Yeah. I mean, my, I even said on this podcast, when he got let go, I was very shocked in Miami. And then the day after Houston let go of Cully, I thought, wow, they were just shocked that Flores was available. Go get him. You know, like, we didn't expect this guy to be on the market. All right. Let's get to... I'd hire him over all the coaching candidates this year. Uh, he... I would not fight you about that at all. Yeah. yeah. If, you, just, if you line him up, you said, who's the best? Right. Like, he's got a better resume than Eberflus, period. Oh, it's close. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's turn back the clock, Matt, to the year 2000. What if Tom Brady was drafted by the Detroit Lions and a couple other assistant coaching hires? News coming up. Do you want 15% off your next box of Built Bars? Well, I'm going to let you know in a second how to do that. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious, and some very new flavors at Built.com as well right now. How about churro puffs are back? Only 140 calories in the churro puff flavor with 17 grams of protein. Uh, we got coconut marshmallow flavor, coconut brownie chunk, peanut butter, my favorite, raspberry, mint brownie, cookies, and cream. Flavors for everyone at Built.com. If you're not sure what flavor to get, you can get an 18-bar mix box or build your own box and choose the flavors of bars you want in your box of Built Bars. Oh, yeah, and you can get 15% off of the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, low in sugar, low in net carbs, yet high in protein. It is good for you. You can feel good about eating Built Bars. Replace all of your snacks and all your secret snack hiding places with Built Bars and get 15% off at Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I love this question from the Marquis Spotlight on Twitter. He says, love the show, followed M-Dub for years, and you guys work great together. Appreciate that. Now that Brady's retiring, I'm dying to hear someone talk about this. It's 2000. Tom Brady is drafted in the sixth round by the Lions or Bengals. What does his career look like? Guessing here, but, you know, first of all, Brady could have easily fallen in the masses of quarterbacks that just don't get enough practice reps or opportunities. That happens all the time. Uh, People think that training camps and you know you know practice weeks during the season that there's all this time between games compared to other sports but the backup and especially the third string or the six round pick or the undrafted free agent quarterbacks get very little attention you know I mean if you happen to be on a team with a Peyton Manning who wants every rep well Peyton Manning's gonna get every rep and no one's gonna know anything about you it's one of the many reasons that if I were king of the world I would create some sort of minor league system for the NFL, you know, put him in the minors for a couple of years and see what he does, you know? So easily Brady really with any team could have been forgotten before it started. You know, that never really got much of an opportunity. You know, that, that happens a lot. I, I, I very much believe that there are 10 to 20 Kurt Warners out there that never got the chance to be Kurt Warner. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, there's two really obvious ends to something like that. If Tom Brady gets drafted by the Lions in the year 2000, we don't know his name. He gets cut after his, you know, in his first, after his first training camp and, and maybe bounces around the league or something. Maybe he has zero yeah. career ever, period. Right. Like that's Small a possibility. Injury and you're done. Right. You know. um, never gets a shot. 
then there's like, okay, well, maybe he ends up being Tom Brady, and the Lions are a 20-year-long dynasty. That that seems pretty unlikely, it's possible. right? possible. But yeah. it's possible that Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady no matter what. And look, he had a better arm. He slung it better than, say, uh, I'm just trying to think of guys that were on the like Lions that were late-round picks. Harrington and Orlovsky. Yeah, Orlovsky or J.T. O'Sullivan or, you know. He, Pre-Matthew Stafford guy. Right, yeah, he threw it better than those guys. So I think he would have stuck out at least a little bit in training camp. But not athletic. Um, I'm sure he would impress coaches no matter where he went. Right. So does he stick? Does he just become a, a long-term pretty good backup and then eventually end up on a team and then start winning and all of a sudden, oh, my God, okay, this guy's really good, but it takes him longer. And again, even with the Patriots, he needed That's a Drew Bledsoe injury yeah. to get his own shot there. That maybe couldn't have happened that way. And people forget this, too, because he turned into such a, a great player. Not only did he need that break, and maybe he'd have passed Bledsoe before, you know, it anyway. But even when he took over as a starter, he didn't take the league by storm like Marino or Mahomes. You know, he was a, a, a promising player. I mean, Mac Jones' rookie year might have been better than early Brady. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, my God, the Patriots have something. It took a while till we realized that. So where I'm going with that is easily – if he were a lion or a brown or whatever, and say he's a two-year starter there playing pretty well, but not like Pro Bowls and you know, lighting up the league, well, they easily could have drafted Matthew Stafford or the multitude of Browns quarterbacks that got picked in the first round that didn't make it, Manziel or whoever, you know, or early two thousand guys, and you just get bumped back down again. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, and it's yeah, the nature versus nurture argument. I, I know he's a driven guy. So would that have eventually led him to somewhere great, even if it wasn't with a bad organization? Would he have ended up somewhere? Would he have made that organization great? Would he have just been a really good quarterback on a bad team for a long time and, and never won any titles because there are Hall of Famers that had that? You know, Dan Marino had that sort of a uh, career. Uh, Jim Kelly, you know, would he have ended up with a career like that for an organization where he elevated them, but they didn't win? So I think it's pretty important that he was on the Patriots for ultimately all the success that he ended up with, but uh, you just—it's—it's it's hard to know, it, and it—and it almost can be any. It could be we never even know this. Like I don't even know who Tom Brady is right now, and he washed out in in a year or two in the NFL and is selling insurance yeah. somewhere, right? Or maybe he won multiple titles for the Bengals or the Lions. It, it's so hard to know because it's it really could have gone any direction because when you're a sixth-round pick, some things have to go very right for you very early in your career to even stick at all. So people forget this, too, about Brady. And he went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl which is pretty remarkable because most players don't even last 10 years, but there was a 10-year stretch that Tom Brady did not win any Super Bowls. My hunch is if you really knew and you were in the building, the Brady before that 10-year stretch was more reliant on Belichick than the other way around. The Brady after that 10-year stretch was probably more important than Belichick, you know, because he became a great player at that point. I mean, there's He's been around so long. There's several generations almost and versions of Brady. But the early one, even though he had rings, to me, I'm not diminishing it, but was Brady, Belichick was more important than Brady early in the, the relationship. Yes. As it went on, I think that changed because one of them's a quarterback and on the field and is an awesome player. 
Um, and yeah, that, also, no, that's a, hold on. I want to stop you there because yeah. that's such a really good point about any of this and any quarterback development. Where would Mahomes be if he didn't get Andy Reid, right? Because he that's had bad habits next. coming right. out of college. And for Tom Brady, there was development there that needed to happen. And if he never got that development, he probably doesn't end up even being the good 2002, 2003 version of Brady, let alone the 44-year-old Brady, because he never got that early coaching that was necessary from such an awesome staff. So you cannot underrate the value of him going to the Patriots in his career. I mean, it's a small example. If Mac Jones goes to Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence goes to the Patriots, I have a feeling no one's curious if Lawrence is a bust or not, or I think Lawrence runs away with offensive rookie of the year. Yes. The Patriots might still be playing. I mean, I'm embellishing a little, <laughs> right. but you know, Mac Jones would not be doing well. You know, like uh, again, Mac Jones did a lot of good stuff on his own. But where he landed helped him dramatically. Being a young quarterback is very, very hard. So if Lawrence was in New England, I bet he'd be tearing it up and people would think he's the hottest thing going. And I'm sure the same is true throughout history. I mean, Jamarcus Russell had his issues, but he was a slam dunk, no-brainer, first overall type pick. If he would have went to the Steelers, the Packers, the Ravens, whomever, I bet his career turns out better and how about like a guy like Lamar let's say Lamar goes late first early second in that neighborhood still and the team he goes to is unwilling to totally change the offense for him he may not be a starter right now unfortunately you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah it's it's important it it is important that's why so how about this so now you have to choose so we've kind of laid out all the possibilities what do you think would happen where do you, what what is the career for Tom Brady if he gets drafted by the Lions in two thousand? I would say, boy, this is going to come out wrong. <laughs> Kirk Cousins ish, quality oh, starter. I love that actually. That's actually really good. You know, does everything he possibly can. Teammates love him. Um, smarter with the football than Cousins last though I mean like that type of career yeah long career ends up making money ends up winning games right um, but takes him a little while to get going not the million (laughs) yeah I don't know I mean I'm just guessing Uh, who knows he may have we may be talking about the Lions as the best organization ever at that point I mean maybe that's enough I I, it's (laughs) a hard one to answer obviously but I'm was, sure it wouldn't have been as good. Who was the coach? And, was it like Bobby Ross? Are we, was like is Bobby Ross? We're talking about him like uh, like Bill Belichick. I'm trying to think of who the coach. Maybe Bobby Ross was before that. That was Flores in the 90s, or, right? Uh, who was the? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that was so long ago, and they've gone through so many coaches. Same with Cleveland and some of these others. But let's say Marvin Lewis drafted him on a, well, a team that was you know he was a quality head coach. Yeah, you know, I was going to say. Oh, so, okay, so. Uh, it was Wayne Fonts to ninety six. Yeah. Then it was Bobby Ross ninety seven to two thousand. Gary Moeller for one year in two thousand. I don't that even know who. Gary I wouldn't Moeller get is. that on a mobile choice. I don't either. think he would have become the next Bill Belichick. Maybe. <laughs> then it was Morning Wag in two thousand one and two thousand two. Then it was Mariucci two thousand three to two thousand five. I mean, you could see him and Mariucci having success. Yeah, I could. I could. Have lasted that long, that. or you know. I don't. It, it's a hard one to guess, right. but I do think. It's a 50-50 proposition. Like if you're investing in a quarterback, I'm as interested where he lands as I am 
who he is. And and what was the important part of his development curve? Where did he get his edge? Did he did he get some of that from Belichick? Right. Um, because Probably. if right. he starts to have that career where he sticks around long enough and then ends up on a team, ends up being a starter, you know, and, and kind of has the Kirk Cousins career path being better than Kirk Cousins. Is he does he elevate a team more than Kirk Cousins? So does he eventually get to the pinnacle more so than Kirk Cousins would be my question if it had the same path. But would the development have not developed that that killer instinct that Tom Brady has that someone like uh, maybe Kirk Cousins doesn't quite have? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. Um, so who were the quarterbacks drafted with Mahomes? That was that wasn't Trubisky? Allen. It that was, was Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah. Okay, so I, let's say Mahomes gets drafted by that Bears team or Washington trades for him instead of Kansas City or Jacksonville. I bet he's still an exciting player. I bet he makes a lot more mistakes through his first three or four years in the league. I bet he loses a lot more games. And I bet we kind of look at him and say, boy, he's interesting. He's a good player. But I don't think we look at him as he might be an all-time great. I do think if Patrick Mahomes ended up getting drafted on John Fox's 2017 Bears and Trubisky even went to the playoffs – and yeah, I think yeah. that would have ended out uh, ended up a lot better than what we're even talking about with Brady going to the Lions in the in the early two yeah, yeah, thousands. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, weren't I, great examples. And I don't know what I don't know if Mahomes would have been as good as he is now, but that would have been uh, I mean that would have been a really good situation for the Bears, and, mm-hmm. and they would probably be a pretty a much better organization franchise right now on the football field than they than they were obviously. Um, and I think. Mahomes would have still been in an okay spot because they were yeah. a good team with a good defense. That was probably a bad example. If but it I was, mean, I'm trying to think who was most dysfunctional, like the Browns or something, because the Browns were really bad at that point, right? Like if if I it mean, was Mahomes, Washington's ownership was really bad, and yeah, if know, Mahomes is on like they, the Johnny Manziel Browns or something like that, right? Probably Jackson wouldn't have gone as well. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it's important. It's all important. And how you're, how you're, what you're made of is also extremely important, and maybe it just makes the path more difficult. And those guys are first round picks and super talented guys that everybody in the league wanted, where the other guy was 199th pick overall and could have easily washed away into nothing. You know, since you brought up Kirk Cousins, and we got to go here, but what do you think, Harbaugh, Kirk Cousins? Should we just tease that for tomorrow's show? Because there is some other coach notes that we want to get to with some assistance, and we'll probably have some new head coach news as well tomorrow. Do you want to leave that right there? And we'll tease, okay, how do we like the marriage of Harbaugh? Do they keep Cousins? Is that a win-now proposition for the Minnesota Vikings? One quick quick thought on it, though. Okay, I'm so impressed with Harbaugh's ability to turn organizations around at either level. But he's never really had quarterbacks. Like, who's Michigan's quarterback? I mean, they don't have stud. He's never really had a great quarterback. He hasn't had a superstar quarterback, but he's made all of his quarterbacks better. Without question. Right. I mean, I guess Josh Johnson for San Diego State was a superstar for that conference. Uh, University of San Diego, not San Diego State. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> Which Fair. is even more impressive, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, let, let's tease that for tomorrow. Um, I know you have some notes on uh, and some personal knowledge on Luke Getze, who's the new offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers yeah. maybe not super happy that they lost him, and they're losing a ton over there from Green Bay. We'll get to that, some, some of that stuff tomorrow, and more of your Twitter questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Matt on Locked On Dynasty. We've got your boy Q Myers doing Locked On Bets daily with the entire sporting world. Your team is covered right here on the network, no matter the sport, no matter which team you follow. Free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.